Roll for initiative. adventurers i'm your host heath and i want to welcome you to today's episode of everyday dungeon master a podcast for the everyday dm and the players who love them so today's episode is awesome because we are talking about something that resonates so deeply with me because DD is more than just a game to me it's a whole community it's therapeutic and it's honestly given me a way to socially be myself and be creative simultaneously so with that Let's jump right in to today's episode. Today's guest, Dungeon Master, is a local to the Phoenix D&D scene, which is also my scene. In his free time, he creates 3D sculpt files for use with 3D printers for miniatures and terrains, and he is currently accepting commission-based work. So, if you need something, you know who to call. Please join me in welcoming to the show, Dungeon Master Corey. Hey, Heath. Thanks for having me. Hey, Corey. Thank you for being here, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. How you doing? Uh, doing really well. How about yourself? Doing well myself. Thank you so much for asking. So excited for our conversation today. So let's just jump right in. Uh, as you may know from being a listener and listeners out there, you know, we always start with our DM icebreakers every episode. So let's jump right into those. So Corey, how long have you been a DM for? So I have been a DM for a little over two and a half years, and I have been playing D&D for a little over three and a half. Three and a half. Awesome. What's like your favorite thing? Like being a player and being a DM obviously are completely different sides of the table. So like what's what's the what's your favorite thing about being a player and what's your favorite thing about being a DM? So my favorite thing about being a player is the character development for one sole character. I really love starting at a low level character as a player, thinking about these things that I want him or her to experience and leveling up and just being this one character living in this world and just seeing how they grow as a character. And as a DM, I just love just being able to guide my players in in certain directions, but giving them the free reign to help me create the world. And my favorite part is just seeing a player's face when they do something and I have a reaction to it as a DM, like, oh, okay, well, you do this and this happens and just seeing their face light up and the emotion that comes from the players as the story unfolds in front of everybody. Dude, I, that's one of my favorite, like, things about being a dm as well i love the reactions that you get from your players and you know when you did like something creatively so well and the story like hits real hard or hits deep because of the the genuine reaction which then gives me a genuine reaction and it's just like oh this is such a good moment i love it i totally understand that dude what made you take the leap from a player to a dm oh goodness uh maybe a little bit of the god complex no i'm just kidding it's not too much into that uh <laughs> i would say that i mean it happened very fast so I was always interested in Dungeons and Dragons, but I just, I had no idea where to even begin. And then so one day I decided, let me just look into this. So I jumped into an Adventures League. For those of you that may not know, um, Adventures League is like a preset rules where you show up, basically like your character is tracked on the sheet and you even have to register your character. Anyways, I just jumped in. Um, it was very rules driven and you can't do X, Y, Z. So 
I immediately was kind of turned off on, wow, I'm really restricted. I thought this was supposed to be an unrestricted game. So I played Adventures League for a very short amount of time. And honestly, just I immediately was like, okay, I think I understand. A DM can kind of just make things up on the fly. And I am a very creative and arts-driven person. And I thought, what could I do? I, I can kind of make my own world. So maybe I should try to just DM. You know what? I'm going to just do it. So I played as a player for like seven months. I was like, okay, I got this. And then just dove head first. Dude, first off, that's awesome, right? Like feel like more players. There's so many players out there who like are, are afraid to take the leap into dm and and for legit reasons right it is it is a scary world for sure like jumping into it but first i applaud you and secondly you have me beat i think i played like six sessions before i was like nah i'm doing dm like (laughs) i can do this and not necessarily that i could do it better i just wanted to i just wanted to tell a story yeah i think that's like so fun you know oh yeah exactly i completely agree that's awesome so what's your what's your dm style my dm style would be i do i have read the rules I feel like I know the majority of them, um, but I am not a rules lawyer by any means. I definitely go on the rule of cool over rule, 100%. Absolutely. I keep it in my head at all times. Hey, this player's doing this. Technically, that spell doesn't work like that, but that would be so freaking cool if it did. Does it ruin my game if I, you know, do not allow this to happen? Probably not. So let's just go for it. It sounds cool. Everybody smiles, laughs, lights up, or the look of shock. I'm like, yep, let's just do it. So I just run with it. Um, so I would say rules, maybe a th- one third and then two thirds. Cool. Two thirds. Cool, man. That's sick, dude. Give us, that's actually a good segue right into like, so give us a good, and I'm actually gonna give you a two parter here. So first you talk about like running a cool game. Give us a one memorable moment that was just absolutely awesome. So I will say one of my most memorable moments as a DM, um, and this was a a while ago, this was a campaign that I created. My party, they were kind of led or they stumbled upon a part in this world that was Fae. So in this part of the world, time was actually slowed way down in this one area of the world. So the party entered this world, um, the same age and everything that they were, but they did start to notice that things weren't happening as fast. So the time was slowed down. Well, they came across a young green dragon, which they got into a, a mini battle over, and they almost died. They escaped barely. Well, this dragon lives in a forest, and this is where this curse in the Fae was actually going on that slowed down time. One of my players, who was a druid, decided to sneak into the forest, and he wanted to cast, I believe it was plant growth, as an eight-hour ritual in this one area. Well, it turns out that this is the area where this curse projected from. It was this tree. So he's like, I don't like the the forest being dead. I'm just going to cast plant growth. Like, no idea this is where the curse started. So he's casting plant growth, right? And then he just leaves. He's like, okay, pats his hands, wipes off, you know, wipes off all the dirt, gets up, and then leaves. And in my head, I'm thinking oh shit, he just took away the curse of this entire area. So (laughs) what would happen? Time is about to speed up in the next 48 hours. So this young green dragon is now an adult. It totally like made a a new big bad (laughs) enemy. And the next time that they ran into this green dragon, he was a full grown adult. (laughs) 
So it was amazing to see his face as this green dragon, like, comes back into the picture way down in the campaign. And he's like, wait, this green dragon, is this the same one? I'm like, oh, it's the same one. He's just aged about 150 years. <laughs> he's the same one, but now instead of being a CR, like, 5, he's like a CR 20, right? Like, And he's pissed, yes. <laughs> exactly. Dude, that's awesome. I love... So everyone out there, right? If you're if you're brand new to D and D, you probably would think it's it, it is Dungeons and Dragons, right? Literally, right? You think it's it's just all dragons. Dragons are like in my games, like are very like underutilized, but also like I just love I love dragons. Oh yeah, and I think that they can be played so cool, and I love messing around with like their humanoid form and like their regular form, and like there was a campaign kind of spinning off what you did with the dragon. There was a, there was a campaign that I ran. It was a small one, and their job was to break this like nobleman out of a prison he was taken prisoner by like a corrupt like government and so they went in and they were going to break him out and they had a they had a dragon guarding the prisoner mm. so they they first when they broke in they were like oh man like there's a dragon like, we can't beat a dragon and through like their creative thinking they were able to release the prisoner while the dragon was like staring them down and that prisoner that nobleman ended up being a dragon himself oh nice turning into a dragon and then it just became this epic fight right where it was like <laughs> they're like a younger oh, shit. <laughs> right exactly yeah. it was like a younger dragon and the party versus like this elder dragon and it was just a lot of oh fun. yeah that is so cool and there was a lot of chaos yeah what what a <laughs> twist i mean you you are not going to see that coming as a player that's awesome no especially because like, a lot of people don't know that like dragons have like you know some dragons have like a humanoid form right so you're not even expecting like that to happen necessarily right for me personally with with dragons i i do i am cognizant of like it's called dungeons and dragons so for like new players in particular i feel like even myself included you're kind of jumping in here thinking when do i get to fight the dragon like it's just inevitable so for me as a dm i'm like i am not going to even let you see a dragon for a pretty long time because when that time comes it's going to be like uh oh you know yeah dude yeah absolutely they're like they are like some of the ultimate bbegs out there right oh, like I they're agree. terrifying absolutely that's awesome dude well thank you so much for sharing a little bit about that let's go ahead and jump into today's core topic all right so today's episode is social gaming the positive impact of social gaming in Dungeons and Dragons. So with that in mind, how has D&D impacted your social life and your life in general? So D&D definitely opened up a window that I have been looking into for a very long time or out of. I was nervous to jump into Dungeons and Dragons. Um and, and this is this is a fault, this is a negative thing of my own, but Growing up, I was always, I, I've always been a nerd, always, but it's kind of like a closet nerd. Like, yeah, I'll catch that those couple of kids that love Star Wars or love Lord of the Rings and we'll just like secretly, have, you know, go off and talk about it as a kid. I'm almost 40 years old, so keep this in mind <laughs> as I'm telling you these stories. Um, So anytime that I, I would see like kids playing Magic the Gathering, I'm like, uh, like the card game, I'm like, man, that looks cool, but 
nope, I'm not getting my ass kicked for playing that game, you, you know, <laughs> and, and it's such a horrible thing that kids have to go through, but we all go through this stuff. So as an adult, obviously, I can make my own mind and my own decisions. And I just, you become more free and things don't bother you as much. So I just took the leap and looked up a local D&D like group or a gaming store. Um, I jumped in and immediately from sitting at a table with like eight random strangers, I was welcomed with open arms. Like I showed up to a game with my one set that I had of polyhedral dice in a Ziploc bag. And this guy sitting next to me goes, hey, are, are those the only dice you have? I'm like, oh yeah, bro, this is my very first time ever playing. And he goes, and you got them in a Ziploc bag? I'm like, yeah. He goes, unacceptable. He So he pulls out a leather bag with this like dragon eye on it. And he takes out like his 10 pair, like dice groups that he has in there. Gives me the leather bag. He goes, here's your new dice bag. Fill it up. I'm like, Ew. yeah, I'm like, whoa. And th- this was the first conversation I've ever had with this guy. That's, man, I I love positive moments like that in the community like that's so cool and that probably made like a lasting impression on you obviously oh a hundred percent i'll never forget now unfortunately i don't remember his name that was like the first time i've ever seen him and i didn't see him in the store ever since but that one moment i i will i, I have taken that through my D experiences of first-time players like i i've given out you know bags of dice or i'm like oh here don't worry about that keep that you know like that's that's your miniature now you know that was your character for three weeks you just keep it and stuff like that with anyone that like plays in my campaigns whether they're new or not it means more when they're new and i love running new people but i like give them a gift as a dm for their first time coming i'll be like and so this like my last campaign i gave everyone like personalized dice sets that like match their character and their race oh yeah awesome and I just, I love doing that because like, like you said, like it made such a huge impression on you and I want to make an impression on other people because positive impacts have been like given to me too. Yeah, absolutely. So what is it about D&D uh, in your mind that draws people to the table or that makes it as popular as it is today with the mainstream crowd? So I would be a liar if I didn't say that critical role i think on twitch did not affect a lot of people um throughout the years i I mean to be honest that was the first time i have ever seen anybody play DD. it's just something i've always heard of but until critical role on twitch um and actually seeing what the game was about i was like oh that that totally changed my my thought about what the game was and my version of what i was you know picturing in my head so I think that the mainstream media has just opened the doors for people to see it on Twitch, uh, such as like Critical Role, but also there's Stranger Things on Netflix, you know, Netflix right. being as popular as it is. Um, my kids, they, they've seen me play D&D, but kids at their school, maybe their parents don't play. And my son at school would say, oh, my dad plays that same thing that those kids on Stranger Things play oh dungeons and dragons and it's like well we're kind of interested you know so yeah i think that just mainstream media has just opened it up and allowed it to just kind of be okay to just be a nerd i mean these are the years of years of nerds you know as of late it's just everything star wars you know D D, everything fantasy i yeah 100 percent agree man i 100 percent agree i think like and i think you hit the nail on the head stranger things i think 
like there's like two ways right there's two gateways i think there's like the twitch streaming in critical role dimension 20 on dropout like that angle and then there's like the stranger things which i think did a huge um even though they didn't portray a ton of the gameplay like it was just it played a big part in the storyline in that first season and i think that's gone a long way in like boosting people who are interested in even like trying the game who like before would never ever like be seen with like a D&D book or dice or you know something like that. Oh yeah, absolutely. And for me, you know, shout out to Target for freaking carrying the box sets like beginner adventures um you know like if that had not been a thing, I probably would not have dived so fast into being a DM. I saw at Target they had that um I think it was like the Lost Minds of Fandelver um the for the box set for beginners. Yeah, you know yeah. that that rule book was like so thin. And then you look at the players rule book and you're like, "Oh, I am not going to remember all this." So those right. yeah, those box sets and for stores actually carrying D&D books now uh Target being one of them. Um and like even miniatures I saw at Walmart a while ago they were real shitty but they had them uh yeah. <laughs> personally yeah. but I think yeah. so but um yeah so just it's just it's out there more it's talked about there's move there's a movie coming out um there's books everywhere my library carries full on adventures so it's just out That's there so cool yeah but yeah dude I agree with you man mainstream mainstream definitely has picked it up and ran with it and I I think it's great but how has D and D positively impacted your life since starting to play and starting to dm for me it has opened up so many things i i have friends now that i've been really good friends with for years and i never would have met them i think had it not been for dnd i was gonna run a campaign right and so i just i put a facebook post out there like hey looking for players i'm new yada 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 uh let's meet up and then so i've i met a, a core group of people and I would say probably five, I, I met about five of these people and about three of them, we've been friends for years. Um, one of them helped me move when I was moving houses. They're, they're, they're buddies of mine now. That's so cool. And also my kids got interested because here's dad playing this weird nerdy game at the table every Thursday night. And my youngest son, he's nine years old. He's like, dad, can I play Dungeons and Dragons? And, and honestly, my first gut, reaction was buddy this is way too complicated for you to understand but almost in the same breath i was like no fuck that it was too complicated for me to understand (laughs) you're right like yeah yeah absolutely you can play so i just gave him like a character sheet that you know just bare minimum stuff in it a couple little spells of course he wants to play like a druid i'm like oh dude kid okay whatever (laughs) yeah of course like i want to turn into animals i'm like great okay so i just made him a a mock character i didn't have any miniatures or anything like that we just used lego guys i'm like position yourself and i i you know i dumbed it way down and for me being a new DM, it was great for me because I needed it to be dumbed down. So it really helped running my nine-year-old through my Lego D&D campaign. <laughs> so we built a really cool bond, stuff that we still talk about. It's, it's, it's so positive. Dude, that is so cool, man. I, I love that. Like My wife and I don't have uh, kids, but we may one day like foster 
I think that's kind of like what one of the thing, one of our goals when I try to like, yeah. be foster parents. Awesome. And I would love if that comes around, like I would love like nothing more than to introduce D and D. I already want to introduce D and D to everybody I see. I'm like, you want to play? Let's play right now. Right. Like I'm so excited about it, but like I that that just sounds like magical, dude. That's so cool. Oh yeah. The, I mean, honestly, it's just it, the, there really is no better feeling than just like sitting down with the kids, mostly my nine year old, because he's just like me, but just sitting there and just going through a story and a campaign and just like seeing his face light up when he rolls that natural 20 and kills this monster, you know, it's just, it's so cool. I love that. I'd be like that. I'm like smiling hugely just because my thinking of those, like I'm not even there and I'm just thinking about it being like, that would be such a, like a, an awesome, like emotional and like happy, like memory. Absolutely. So Corey, as a DM at your table, how do you make sure that you like, maintain a an a space that's inclusive for everyone anyone no matter what like their personality or anything else so i pay attention to the social cues as we do as humans i i pay attention to things like does this player talk a lot and kind of want to grab the reins of the party and just take control of every single situation which allows somebody else to kind of sit in the shadow i pay attention to those things i might let that real talkative player kind of go off a little bit because that's what they enjoy doing but i definitely will cut them off and maybe ask the person that's kind of shy and in the background like well, hey, just real quick, what would your character be doing while this one's kind of talking a lot and going off and doing their thing? So I do that for their characters. Um, for example, one of my players, his wife really wanted to play D&D, but he had told me for like months, hey, man, my, my wife really wants to play, but just so you know, she's a bit of an introvert. She's very, very shy. She doesn't like to really talk in front of people. Um, but she's really interested. Would you be okay with her coming? I'm like, absolutely. She can definitely come and try it out. So she came over um, and right away I can pick up, I mean, just, you know, head down, just kind of keep into herself, yeah. one word answers. And, and to be honest, I, I sort of, I, I didn't put so much pressure on her like throughout the entire game, but I didn't give up on her. I would look to her and say, well, hey, what would you do while this was going on? Or I would just ask her, could you just elaborate a little bit on what your character is doing? And just, mm -hmm. you know, not hitting her with a big hammer, but just kind of, you know, giving her a little bit of a nudge to let her know, hey, it's okay to speak up here. You are not going to be judged by anybody at this table. I think that's so important. And I think that really, it ties into our next question, which I'll just talk a little bit about and we'll go right into it. But how to like maintain, and this goes along with that, is how to maintain like a table that's balanced, right? When it comes to quiet players versus very talkative and loud players, right? We all have different personalities as human beings. And so I think it's very, you know, very important to give, give voice and give space for those that are quiet to give them opportunities to speak up without shutting up the loud players at the same time right so it's all yeah. about balance so that's a great example so elaborate a little bit on that like how did that night feel how, how did you how did you manage that night with players who were more comfortable with speaking up and and talking and doing what they want to do and her being a little bit more quiet obviously you said you gave her some space to speak but like like how does that whole night be balanced out like how did you balance that whole thing out 
so I uh, I didn't take anything away from my other players that like to I I mean they're they're kind of veterans they they've been playing with us for a while so they I did not stop their characters from doing anything that they would normally do but I definitely would lean into the quiet shy person a little bit more like well hey now it's kind of your turn and and to be honest I have no problem personally as a DM do not have any problem asking the players at the table to, hey guys, let's keep it down because uh, this is kind of like her thing right now. I want to hear, I just, I need to hear her on what she's going to do or what they're going to do. Um, I, got, I got no problem like shutting it down, honestly. Yeah. Sometimes as a DM, I mean, that is what you are there to do, right? You're there to run the game and make sure that everybody has as best time as, as they could or at least allowing that opportunity to have as best time as they could. Well, that's for every single person sitting at that table. So yeah, I got I got no problem just saying like, hey guys, I, I can't hear. Can you guys keep it down? And to be honest, I set rules, whether it be right there at the table, which I actually try to avoid, but on the side, like after the session, I will either privately message or pull some of my players to the side and just tell them like, hey man, you know, when I'm, when I'm asking this person what their character is going to do, it's a little bit distracting when you're over talking them or you're carrying on a side conversation that kind of takes this moment away from this other person. So if you could just kind of refrain from doing that from now on, or at least try your hardest, I know you're excited, but we got to give everybody the opportunity to play this game. That's really cool, man. I think that, and I think that's a perfect way to approach it and balance it, right? Like it's about letting players who are, excited and talkative and have, are full of ideas, like giving them a space to play, but also allowing those quiet, you know, those quiet people to come in and feel like they also have a space at the table while also, you know, like pushing, like not pushing, like nudging them a little bit, yeah. but not trying to just push them off the edge. Right. And be like, you got to be like this person or you got to talk more. Uh, absolutely. Like, you, you know, we see it in mainstream. Um, people are doing voices. You know, they're getting into character. Shoot, I've had people, you know, they want to come dressed up as their character. You know, great. Well, not everybody's like that, you know. I mean, even for me, I didn't want to do voices right away. That's that To me, that was embarrassing at first. Now, I don't care. I got a hundred of them. But at first, yeah, I'm like, I don't really want to do a voice. And I, honestly, I felt a lot of pressure. Like, man, I'm going to show up to this game. I got to be a character. I'm about to come up with a voice. Well, no, you don't. You know, it, maybe you want to later and you want to try it out later, but you don't have to do that right away. And you don't necessarily have to role play right out the gate if that's not what you're comfortable with right away. So as a DM, yeah, you got to pick up on that. Like, hey, they're not cool with doing voices and you know speaking in character the entire time so just nudge them in a little bit and just see where their boundaries are at just don't be pushing sure. yeah i like that idea of finding each each individual's players like boundary and then like running the game within each person's individual boundary for sure i i think that's a really like smart move and one of the things i always tell people when i teach them to play dnd i used to run like a beginner's class at a at a local game store and one of the first things I always said was kind of like hit right where you said was, listen, you're going to hear players use voices. You're going to see players throughout your journey of playing D&D who are really heavy into role play, like to the point where they almost become like a method actor, right? Where they like just, right. they don't break character, even with outside conversation. Sometimes they don't even break character, right? Yeah. And you don't need to be that exactly. ever. If you find yourself leaning that way and becoming more comfortable as you play the game go for it. It's encouraged. It's awesome. But 
being someone who just like not really into role play, it's not really into voices, and you're just here to roll some dice and have some fun, that's totally a valid way to play the game as well. No pressure on you having to conform to being someone that's like that boisterous or that like out with like their their personality and you know and over the top sometimes you know yeah and not in a bad way over the top is great like i'm not trying to i'm not trying to say those people are, are like crazy or anything like that but for sure i think it's so cool so how is running a table so let's we're talking socially here how is it different right so you have a table of friends and family uh and then you have on the other side you can be a dm for a table of strangers complete strangers right and then you have mixed mixed opportunities where like maybe you've started a game and I think this is kind of your experience. We talked a little bit about this before recording. You have a table, you've met some people, you've been running a game, they're friends and or family or a mix. And now you have to bring in new players because you had some players exit. So how do you balance that when you're like socially balance that when you're dealing with strangers versus dealing with people that you know really well? For me personally, I got really lucky in that my players, my core players that I've been with for years are very respectful people just in general and very respectful players. So they know, hey, we got two new people coming in the house that have never played with us before. They're going to be nervous as all of us normally are. So we need to ease them in, you know, don't, even if your character's real brass, maybe you tone it down this session for the first one to allow them to, you know, come in and be friendly and just be inclusive. So I got lucky with my players because they're just really awesome people. But I think, again, it kind of goes back to, as a DM, paying attention to not only the game, but your players themselves and their social cues. If you can tell, like, a subject matter that is coming up in the game seems to make somebody uneasy, maybe veer that session or that encounter off another direction like real quick like let's say that this story has been building up in your campaign and maybe you're about to chop the head off of somebody like in your group is like oh we've been waiting to chop this guy's head off we've had him locked up in this dungeon forever well these new players are like oh we just came into this and you guys are about to chop his head off oh that sounds gruesome like you listen to these words like it's really bothering them as like a person. So maybe you're like, okay, how can I get them out of this room real quick? Hey, you hear a knock on the door. Um, you two, to the two newest player, you guys are closest to the door. Would you guys like to go check that out? Uh, you know, I'm trying to come up with something on the fly, but my my point is, is pay attention to social cues. And if something is bothering somebody really bad, maybe get their characters out of there or just stop that part of the story with something else. There's an explosion or this guy gets free, or when you go down to the dungeon, oh my gosh, he's gone. I don't know, something to that extent. Yeah. And then maybe after, I, I think it's really important that after almost every session, you get with your players individually and ask them, hey, what did you think of the session? Like, what did you like about it? What didn't you like about it? Because when you got strangers coming in, you you do not know their history. I know right. this. Yeah. You know, I, I know this is came up in some games like characters that are very sexual and, and very flirtatious. You know, that could really bother some people. Some people, they might not even give a shit, but that could bother some people. So, right, right. yeah, you need to pay attention to that and just 
set your boundaries right away. Um, you know, these are, these are brand new people. It, it is a game, but these are real human beings in front of you. You have to be a little bit aware of what you're talking about in front of, especially being strangers until, you know, you find out, oh, they love chopping people's heads off too. So yeah, go for it. Great. It's a group of head choppers. <laughs> it's a group of head choppers. Yeah. I feel like every party I've ran is a group of head choppers. <laughs> oh yeah. You, you just gotta love those murder hobos. Murder hobos, dude. That's amazing. Uh, those are some good pointers, man, and things that like I can even take away and and add to my game. You know, I have my current campaign. I've had four core players that have been with me since the beginning, and I've like added like I've had players drop, and I've had to add new players. So there is a little bit of that, right? There's a little bit about like, okay, we're picking up two brand new people. They don't know really any of the backstory of like what we've done for the last like six months right in this campaign so like how do i get them involved how do i make sure that they're comfortable with like where the story's at and there's a little bit of giving them like backstory and be like hey you know this is kind of where we're at this is what we've done so far but also it's all about feeling it out right and i mean i got lucky in that the two people that just joined my campaign recently they are definitely seasoned ttrpg players but more so than that they're just like comfortable with just jumping straight into role play and just like joining the story where it was at awesome. like they were just like yep this is the story. Great. Like, let's roll with it. I don't need to know anything. Like I can just like, whatever they, well, I'll just go off of what the party's doing. And they end up being like great improvers and things like that. So I got lucky, but not everyone's going to be that when they join, you know, whether they're new or maybe they're just not as experienced or maybe their personality is just not to that level. I think it's really important. Like what you're saying, like find that boundary and like kind of live there and, and meld your, your group's personalities together to make a, a cohesive space. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like it, it kind of depends on the space on where you're going to run this game. Like for me, it's at my house. So I, I was on Facebook and I was seeking out new players, like strangers to come play. I found a, a, a potentials. And before they even came to my house, I gave them a brief on like what the campaign was about. And I, and, and I kind of set rules. I'm like, hey, it's sort of a PG-13 game. We have a 13-year-old player or he's 14 uh, playing with us. So the, we kind of keep it PG-13. There's a little bit of cussing. I, I give them my expectations as them coming in as players. But then I also flip it and ask them like, hey, is there anything in particular that you guys are not comfortable with? And also on top of that, what character, before I really tell you about this world you're about to jump in, what about your character is really important to you? For example, the two people that came into my group, it's like a peace domain cleric and then the other person is a sorcerer, but she does not murder people. She's like, I can damage and kind of crowd control, but I do not want to kill anybody. I'm like, sweet. So I will keep that in mind. So honestly, in in the game, maybe if they accidentally got the last hit, maybe you just brought them down to one hit point. Like I keep that in mind. They don't want to necessarily kill anybody. So I think talking beforehand and after sessions is for with, with strangers is one of the best keys that I can give. That's that's great advice, man. I really appreciate that. Well, awesome. I thank you so much for for sticking through my questions and let me pester you and, and, and you sharing your perspective a little bit. I appreciate it. Oh yeah, absolutely. You're not pestering me. I could talk D and D all day, all night. <laughs> Dude, me too. Let's just make this podcast like six hours. We'll just continue to talk about D and D. Well, how are we going to play D and D if it's six hours? It's <laughs> <So> I'm game. <laughs> awesome, dude. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you.
So every episode, I ask my guest dungeon master to leave us with one tip, be it a key takeaway from today's conversation or something fun that you think will enhance the listener's game. So what do you got for us, Corey? What's your tip? My tip for DMs, veterans or new, would be breathe and take it easy. Do not stress yourself out. More than likely, everybody sitting at that table is there to just have a good time. Don't worry about the rules if you're like, oh, I don't know what that spell does right away. And you're fumbling through the books trying to figure it out. And now you're in an argument. Just get away from all that. You know, don't spend so much time on the rules per se. And just breathe. And just don't put so much pressure on yourself. D&D is a game about everybody at the table, yourself as a DM included, going on an adventure. So allow your players to tell some of this story for you. Like you might have an idea of where the story is going, but listen to their cues and listen to things that they say like, oh, that would be cool if that dragon grew up and got older in time because I broke a curse. Listen to these cues and just play off of them and let them give you ideas. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more with that. Like so many players out there who are thinking about being DMs or even DMs in general who are new or veterans put so much pressure, so much time into like creating the perfect game. When we all know, if you if you listen to episode one, if we all know it's going to go off the rails every single time, every time. And that's what makes D&D fun, right? I feel like it's not D&D unless it goes off the rails and it starts to be like something that was like that. It, it turns into something that it was never intended to be, but it's still amazing in its own way. Absolutely. I, I mean, I, I would argue that those are the best moments of the unexpected, even as a DM or a player, like, oh, I did not see that coming. Those are the, your most memorable moments. Absolutely, dude. Well, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to come talk to me on the show. I loved having you here and enjoyed the conversation, and I hope everyone gained insight from the conversation today. As mentioned above, if you want to get in touch with Corey to inquire about or order commissions for 3D sculpting, I'll have a link to his Facebook page where you can find him in the show notes, and you can message him there. Corey, once again, thanks again for being here and sharing your perspectives. I really appreciate it. Thanks for being on the show, man. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And thanks for having me. And uh, given this space for DMs to come in and chime in on the games of Dungeons and Dragons. Dude, I'm, I hope we go for a long time because I'm enjoying the conversations already. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of everyday dungeon master if you enjoyed today's show please give us a follow on whatever podcast platform you're listening on and if you feel inclined drop us a rating and review if you're a dungeon master and you want to appear on a future episode of the show or if you're a player or dm and you want to drop future topic suggestions or give feedback please contact me at everydaydungeonmaster at outlook.com or on facebook and twitter at Everyday DM Pod. So, with that, happy gaming nerdy adventurers. Until next time, it's your boy Heath. See you later.